Hello, this is Jo. For those of you who missed our Advent All Age service on Sunday, <laughs> you missed a trick, but we had a slight technical blip with the recording on the day. So because we are thinking about Advent, this is the start of a mini-series for us, I'm just going to um, chat through the, what we talked about um, so that you can feel that you begin the series with the rest of the church family. So welcome this morning if you're listening. First of all, we looked at what Advent is. Advent is a season of waiting and expectation. In fact, it comes from a Latin word which means waiting. And as a church family, we talked about what we're excited about, what we're waiting for in the Advent season. Lots of us are excited about celebrating Jesus' birthday at Christmas. We're excited about presents and Advent calendars and parties and carol concerts and all the fun things that happen around Christmas. And Advent is important as a time of waiting for Christmas. But it's also important for another reason. It's an important time as we wait and anticipate that Jesus is coming back. During our service, we sang a song. We sang, good news, Jesus is born. Good news, he died on the cross. Good news, he rose again. Good news, he's coming back soon. And in the Advent season, we celebrate those things. We celebrate that Jesus was born, that God came to earth with skin on as a baby. We remember the fact and celebrate that Jesus grew up, that he didn't stay a baby, but he became a boy and a young man and he grew up and then chose to die on the cross to give his life so that we could connect with God again, so that we could be friends with God. But, you know, dying on the cross wasn't the end because it was great news, good news that Jesus rose again. And then if you like, the kind of end of the story there is good news, he's coming back soon because the Bible is really clear. It tells us that Jesus is going to come back, that there will be a day when he returns. He's coming back to judge the living and the dead. He's coming back to see his kingdom expressed in all its fullness. And there will be a day where we have to look God in the eye, where we have to give an account of ourselves, of who we are and what we've done. A wonderful day when we'll see God in his glory and his majesty. And those of us who love him and have been following him are looking forward to that day. And that is what Advent is about too. It's a time of waiting, reminding ourselves that we're waiting for Jesus to come back. But you know, I read something this week which said that Advent has been kidnapped. The best story ever, the story of love and hope and redemption that God came to earth with skin on and that Jesus is coming back to finish off his rescue plan, has just been turned into this story of stuff and stress and debt. And it can be really easy in the Advent season to get caught up in the stuff of Christmas. It can be really easy to get to Christmas Day and actually just be sick of Christmas. And you know, if we do that, if we get to December the 25th and we're sick of Christmas, then we've done Advent wrong. Because Advent wasn't supposed to be a time of stress. It's supposed to be a time of waiting and anticipation and preparation. And so, you know, we talked about some of the things that can be exciting about getting ready for Christmas, but also the same things can cause us a lot of stress. 
buying the right presents, getting the tree decorated, buying the right kind of food for the right kind of occasion, just getting busy with carols and concerts and visiting people. There can also be a lot of expectation around family and friends. Expecting the perfect Christmas where everybody gets on across the generations when maybe we don't spend that much time together in the rest of the year and yet we're forced together in a, a false scenario, a false situation, expecting everything to be fine. There can be a lot of pressure for the perfect Christmas and all the costs associated with that too. And as you'll know, many people get into debt at this time of year, um, spending and, and buying stuff that is can outside what can be afforded. And that causes problems not just at Christmas, but well into the new year. So enormous stress, enormous pressure. So how can we do this differently? How can we make sure that Advent is a time of getting ready, of expectation, of preparation? How can we prepare our hearts because Jesus is coming? How do we keep Jesus at the centre of what's going on? We're celebrating his birthday after all. We're celebrating his return. We had some practical ideas of things that you might like to think about during the Advent season. It might be that you just want to take a little bit of extra time to reflect. Perhaps have an Advent calendar, whatever age you are. And each day as you open a door... Just think to say a prayer, to ask Jesus to come and make sure that he is at the centre of your Advent time. It could be a good idea just to really think and plan about how you're going to use your time over the next few weeks with all the many demands that can be placed upon us and also how you're going to spend your money, thinking about not overcommitting, but actually making sure that you've got a plan and that you stick to it. And how can we think about making Advent personal? You know, I told a story about having some friends coming over for lunch. And um, I don't know what it's like in your house, but certainly with us. It can be busy. There's lots going on, lots of people, lots of things. And on this particular morning, um, we had people coming for lunch after church. And I was rushing around in the morning, just kind of putting things in cupboards so they were out of sight. And so when our guests arrived, it just looked like it was all kind of pleasant and calm but if they don't open certain cupboards then they would have had a shock and the truth is that sometimes our hearts can be like that sometimes we know there are things that need sorting out things that need putting away things that need tidying up if you like but we kind of put them under a carpet or put them in a cupboard there are things that God might be reminding you of or prompting you about it might be a relationship that needs fixing it might be something that he's asked you to do to speak to a friend, to do a, an, an act of kindness, to obey him in a certain way, something that he's asked you to do and you've been putting it off. It could be that you're just really aware around this season that you personally feel tension or stress and there's stuff that's happened in the past that's caused this. And the thing about Advent is it's very easy to get busy to cover these things up, to carry on with the, to the next thing, because there's plenty that we can be doing. But why do we think about making Advent really personal, about providing space and saying to God, look, what is it that you want to show me? Is there anything in my heart that needs tidying up and sorting out rather than being just shoved into a cupboard? Is there anyone that I need to forgive? Is there a relationship that I need to mend? 
Is there something that you're asking me to do? So why not spend some time thinking about those things and going to Jesus for his help, for his healing and his solutions. At church we've got a couple of quiet days which are arranged on the 11th and 13th of December and these are going to be times when there's space to reflect, a little bit of kind of guidance to think about Christmas and plenty of space to connect with God personally. And you can look on the website if you'd like any more information about those. That could be just a great way to make this Advent time really personal. The next thing that we did in our all-age service was that I um, made an Advent wreath. You may well have seen those before. It's kind of a circular base which has candles and um, evergreen or tinsel around. And then we all went on to make our own mini Advent wreaths. Um, and on the website we've got a little link showing you how you can do that if you'd like to do that. But the importance of the Advent wreath is, is really symbolic. And sometimes it can be helpful just to have things to look at, to remind us about things. And so the Advent wreath is based on a, a circle on the bottom, a circular plate or a circular jam jar lid if you're making a little one. And the circle represents God's love. It's a circle because God's love goes on and on. There's no start and there's no end. There's nothing that you can do to make God start to love you. And there's certainly nothing that you can do so that he would stop loving you. His love goes on and on. And the circle is surrounded by some evergreen or some green tinsel. And the green symbolises life. Because when we come to follow Jesus, there's that really familiar verse in the Bible that many people know. That we can have eternal life. God loved the world so much. He gave his one and only son, that's Jesus, who we celebrate at Christmas. And so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. That life that goes on and on, and it's life in all its fullness. And so we've got our base in place, and then we need five candles. And the central candle is a white candle, and that represents Jesus. And it goes at the centre because it reminds us that Jesus needs to be and should be at the centre of Christmas. <laughs> if we take Christ out of Christmas, all we have is M&S. Jesus is at the centre of our preparations and our celebrations. And around this central white candle are four blue candles. And the candles symbolise royalty. Jesus is king. And the four different candles can represent different things. And you may well know that many people would light a candle each Sunday in the run-up to Christmas. So you would light each of the blue ones and then the white Jesus candle is lit at the end, often on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. And the candles, the blue candles, are used to tell the story. And they do have different symbols attached. The words that we attach to them for our Advent service were the words hope, love, joy and peace. And these are really wonderful and important themes that run through the Christmas story. Some people also use the blue candles to tell different aspects of the Christmas story. And each time they light a candle, each Sunday they light a different candle and remember a different part of the story maybe thinking about the wise men on one Sunday, and about Joseph another Sunday, and Mary another Sunday, and the angels another Sunday, thinking about these as the key players in the story, 
and what life must have been like for them and how the story played out in their own lives and what it was for them to encounter God. Because looking at them and learning from them can help us think about how we can encounter God. With your own Advent wreath, you can choose to use the candles to remind you of um, the themes of Christmas and the Christmas story, however you like. What we're doing as a church family is we're taking one of the broader themes each Sunday as we approach Christmas, each Sunday throughout Advent. And this week we looked at the theme of hope. So what is hope? Well, nowadays often the word hope is kind of linked with a wishy-washy optimism. We might say, I hope that I get an Xbox for Christmas. I really hope my granny gets better. I hope that I'll see my dad again. I hope that I win the lottery. There are lots of things that we can hope for that we don't have any kind of control over and that we don't, may, may not even be sure will happen. And so that's the modern idea of hope, that we wish for something, we expect it, but we're not certain it's going to happen. We might want it very much, but there's no assurance that this is actually going to happen. But you know, hope in the Bible, hope that's illustrated through the Christmas story, is very different to that. The word hope is an indication of certainty. In the Bible it means a strong and confident expectation. And you know, in the Bible, hope isn't a static thing, it's not a passive thing. It's dynamic, it's active, it's directive, it's life-sustaining. If you take a concordance and look up the word hope, you'll find reference after reference that points to the active results of hope in the lives of people who have this biblical hope and live in the light of that. So hope in the Bible isn't just an escape from reality or an escape from our problems because we're hoping something different will happen. It doesn't leave us just kind of sitting around waiting for something. Hope in God's promises results in action and change in our lives. And while some of us made Advent wreaths, others of us reflected on some of the verses from the Bible about hope. In 1 John 3, 1-6 it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And in 1 Timothy 4 verse 10 it says, That is why we labour and strive, because we've put our hope in the living God, who is the saviour of all people, and especially of those who believe. And the Bible goes on to tell us that hope has rewards and blessings. It gives us joy and peace. You might want to look up Romans chapter 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we live in biblical hope, we have a protection. In Psalm 33, verse 18, it says, The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. It also gives us strength and courage and boldness, and we see that in Psalm 31, verse 24, where we're encouraged, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And hope also gives us endurance and comfort and confidence. 
The psalmist again says, My soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. That's Psalm 62 verse 5. And then Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we reflect on hope this week in Advent, we're reassured that the hope we have is placed in God. He's somebody who's not going to fail us. He's not going to give up on us. He's not going to let us down. And as we place our hope in him, we can know a peace and a joy and protection and strength despite our situation. Whatever's going on in our lives, this hope is something that can be firm and can be secure. Towards the end of the service, we also watched a a short video clip that really encouraged us that in Advent, we need to take time. It's really good to slow down and we can open up our hearts to God. So let's reclaim Advent. Advent's been kidnapped. Let us reclaim it and use it as a season of preparing ourselves, of waiting expectantly to celebrate Jesus' birthday, but also looking forward to him coming again.